Hello and welcome to the Super Turd Podcast with your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert, where we'll talk real estate, sports, business, and beer in the triangle. And now, here's your host, Michael Turbot. And welcome to the Super Turb Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Audit Turbot Group, Cobalt Banker HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb, a.k.a. Coach Turb. And welcome to the Super Turb Podcast, episode 42, where we talk real estate, business, sports, and beer in the triangle, as well as feature guests that are local entrepreneurs, business people, sports athletes, you name it, coaches, and let them tell their story, obviously with the real estate tip filtered in at the same time. My guest today is Blake Cook. He's a professional NASCAR driver, uh, Fox Sports NASCAR commentator, entrepreneur, where he started the company Filter Time, where it's a residential air filter company that delivers filters to consumers' homes on a regular basis. So right up my neck of the woods as far as being a resale, new construction, real estate agent. So this is going to be great to have him on a story and have him tell, you know, tell more about what he does and what motivates him on a daily basis. But before I bring Blake on, I'm going to do my real estate update today. And guys, over the weekend, we had something insane. We had two listings go live. And in a combination of those two listings, we had 30 offers on one home, 12 offers on another. So obviously, there was two buyers that won the deal. But in saying that, we had 40 people walk away without a home. And in this market, you know, if you've been hearing me say for many for many months, if we can go back all the way to last year, two years ago, as our inventory has been de- decreasing, it seems monthly. In Wake County right now, we have less than two weeks of inventory in the Triangle. And that's all of Wake County. And if you look at the Triangle MLS, we're probably slightly over two weeks. So what does that mean? Even when you look in a specific area, you're only going to have so many properties to choose from. So if you're looking to get into the market, it is so important to make sure that when you are talking to agents, hopefully that would be me, that you're going to be talking to a professional that's going to put you in position to win. In saying that, don't get frustrated in this market. I know it's very easily done, but what I will say is when you are ready to get into the market to buy, make sure you're prepared and make sure you've got a game plan together to where you go in, you're going all in to win. Because of the demand, the competitive nature of this market, you're going to need someone in your corner to put you in the spot to when those sellers are reviewing offers, you will be at the top. So if there's anything I can do to help you, if you're thinking about getting in this market because you do not want to wait. Many people are thinking, hey, Turb, I'm going to wait for this market to crash. I'm going to wait for this market to slow down. If you're doing so, you're putting yourself in position to where you're not going to buy at all. I will say that because our supply, again, is at an all-time low, and it's going to take so much time for that supply to equal out to where we get back to a buyer-seller market. Uh, The home that you're looking at today in two to six months, it's going to be even more than what you're looking at. So get in now, especially with rates still very low, and we'll be able to put you in that position again to win in this multiple offer situation. So please reach out to me. And that's my real estate tip for today. I'm going to take a quick break. And on the other side, I'm going to have Blake Cook. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing in the triangle, Michael Turbot with the Ida Turbot Group, Coldwell Banker HPW, will put you in position to win. With almost 15 years of real estate experience, Michael and his team will help navigate you through the real estate transaction from beginning to end, always putting your best interest first. In today's competitive real estate market, now more than ever, selecting the real estate professional to assist you with your biggest investment is vital. 
Please contact Michael Turbot today to find out more on what he and his team do to separate themselves from the rest and help you accomplish your real estate goals. Remember, who you work with matters, and Michael looks forward to hearing from you soon. And welcome back to the Super Tour Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Ida Turbot Group, Cole Baker HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb. And I have my featured guest joining me today, Blake Cook. Say what's up, brother. What's going on? How, How you, you doing? doing, man? I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. I know my boy Jeff Kershaw connected, say, hey, man, you got to have Blake on the Super Turb Podcast. And then when I saw what you've been doing, you know, obviously with your career and what you started now, I was like, this is going to be an awesome visit. Plus, we have a couple things in common, not only, you know, Kirsch, you have your your friends with Junior, and I have some old Junior stories from back when I was at UNC Charlotte. Of course, we could share some of those later, but it'll be of the PG thirteen uh, variety. Um, you know, I I went to school with uh, Josh Schneider, David Hovis, um, so I know all those guys, and so we had a really good time there. Of course, Kershaw was my old roommate. So before we get started, Blake, man, tell everybody listening. Of course, you're going to be on Apple, you're going to be on Spotify, you're live on YouTube right now, you're live on Facebook, so you don't understand nice. the stardom that is even coming oh, your way on top of this. So tell you're making me nervous. I tell everybody listening again your name, where you're from, and, and you know what you're doing right now. Yeah, I'm Blake Cook. I'm originally from West Palm Beach, Florida. Now I've lived in North Carolina for over 11 years. Uh, former NASCAR driver, like Super Turb said, and now entrepreneur. Started a company, Filter Time, um, and my partner is Dale Earnhardt Jr. And uh, and I'm also a coach. I do some coaching for some NASCAR drivers. So I heard you say you have athletes, entrepreneurs, and coaches on your show, and I kind of do all three of those. Yeah, so that's man. Like cool. this was like a hat trick if you're looking at it in hockey <laughs> terms. I mean, and, and just reading more about your career, man. I'm, I got a lot of questions for you, and you know, just want to learn more about you. And of course, people listening, really, I started this podcast for people that may be thinking about starting their own company, their own business. They may be in a job right now. They're not the the happiest in, and they're thinking, all right, Turb, you know. What what can I do to take that step? So I think I think anything you could share with that from what you've experienced is going to be fantastic. So I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you were with NASCAR. You know, are you currently still racing now? No, I'm not. So my career ended after the 2017 NASCAR season. So and 2016, I finished sixth in points. 2017, I don't remember, but top 10 in points. Had a really good year. All of a sudden, I lost my sponsor in my job, basically. I was told on January 9th, 2018, like, Blake, you know, we're, we're not going to have you back. And that's pretty late. In yes. this, like, well, Daytona is Day, well, February. That's next week. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm kind of, you know, don't know what to do. And I, I put my head down and was digging for two weeks straight, trying to find another ride, trying to find other sponsors of rides. And after that two weeks, I was just like, man, I, I don't really have the passion for this that I once did. And to make it as a professional athlete or in this sport of NASCAR, you have to be all in, 100%, everything you got to beat the millions of other people that are trying to have your job, right? No so I just didn't have that anymore, man. I was like, I was blessed enough, blessed to make a little bit of extra money. I didn't have to get a job right away. Um, my kids at the time were like three and five and I was kind of done. I was like, I think I want to start a business and like start a family business, something that my kids can take over one day if they want to be home more, experience a new kind of life. So I, I got a notebook. I started writing down business ideas for a couple weeks. 
Um, some were great, some were horrible. Looking back, I still look back at that notebook. And, um, and I was going to the store to buy air filters on January 29th. And I, I spent a bunch of money on a bunch of stuff I didn't need. Pulled down my road. I was like, dang it, forgot the filters. The whole reason I went to the store, forgot the filters. Thought, man, there's got to be a better way. Like something that you have to do multiple times a year. You have to remember it's a pain. They're big. They're bulky. Like what size? Looking through your phone, what size did I ha- do? I have when did I change? What kind? Babe, what, what kind of filters did we get last time? Like it's a pain. I was just so, gonna say that because, dude, I yeah. have it in my notes section because I'll go to Ace Hardware and I'm like, dang it, I forgot what size I even have, and then I'll come yeah. back and then I'm trying to fit them in in the filter spot and they're dented and cracked up, you know. And I'm like, well, I guess this will do for a little bit, but no. Yeah, you, and then they, they only come in two packs and you only need one. Then you got to store one for three. Like, it's a pain. So yeah. I was like. I wrote it down. I was like, air filters, auto ship. So then I started writing down the details. Like, I only want the amount of filters I need when I need to change them. I don't want to store. So, like, just writing down all these ideas. And on February 1st, I I came up with a name and trademarked it. So, like, thought about it, the idea January 29th, February 1st, trademark filter time. And then I'm kind of an all-in person there, Turb. So I just went in. I was like, all right, I have a fresh notebook. I have a whiteboard. I'm putting deadlines. I have goals. I have to, I don't even know like what an air filter is, right? Or what it really, like, I don't know what Merv means and all these things. Like who, who makes air filter? How am I going to do this? You know, how do you ship them? I was a race car driver. I showed up, got in a car and drove in circles for hours. So this, <laughs> this was new. Um, and, and, and I, and what I'm going to do is kind of stop you there. Cause I have some questions leading up to filter time and, okay. uh, and I wanted to just kind of start from. Um, not necessarily the beginning, but I want to ask you first, what made you get into racing? How old were you when you drove your first car? When I drove my first race car, I was 21 years old. So oh, way so later. That was kind of late, right? I mean, most, yeah. most time you're in there pretty early, right? So I started racing dirt bikes when I was nine, raced motocross. And my mm-hmm. dream was to be a pro motocross racer. Well, I got hurt a bunch of times and wasn't really good enough to make it, um, make a living at it. And I stopped racing dirt bikes, went to college for uh, marketing. And while I was at college, my stepdad's like, hey, I'm thinking about buying a race car. Would you want to drive it? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Kind of enjoying like college life and not – I grew up racing my whole life. Weekends were gone at the track. Where'd you go I was to college? Kind of Northwood University in South Florida. It's a small business school. Okay. So I got a race car. Loved it. It was fun. And then, like I said before, I'm kind of an all-in guy. I was like, well, if I can do it, like, if Jeff Gordon can do this, I can do this. So, like, I'm going to be pro. And um, <laughs> I started, like, Googling how to become an NASCAR driver. Literally, I Googled how to become an NASCAR driver. And it starts telling me, like, these development programs, the list of teams. And I just started calling all the teams. I was like, hey, I'm your next guy. And they're like, how many championships you won? Well, I've only raced once, but I'm going to win championships. I love that. Because I was going to yeah. say, so you, so when was your first ride? What, what was the first car you got? I mean, as far Yeah, as- so the first time I ever drove a race car, I was 21. And then I I made my first kind of NASCAR-sanctioned event race. It's called, it was called the Camping World West Series. Now it's called the K&N West Series. I think I made my first start in 2008, which means I would have been, I don't know, 23 so two years after i forever first drove a race car i was on television where, and where was that race that was in roseville california very cool and so roseville california 2009 i made my first nascar xfinity start so the second highest level in nascar yeah. 2009 
They and then it. I made a nice 10 year career out of it, man. Just, you know, meeting people, grinding, working hard, sponsor, like just what, did it. What was your aha moment when you were like, dang, man, I'm, I'm driving a race car for a living. Like when did that, Oof. when was that moment? When did that hit you? Were you in the car? Were you, you know, driving behind the pit, the pit car, you know, the pace car ready to take off on your first race? Yeah, Turb, I think it's a little different for me because I didn't grow up in a family around it. I didn't grow up watching it. So I would say every time I pulled up to the racetrack, I had that aha moment. That's awesome. Or like every weekend. My my last race was just as exciting as my first race. Like you drive through the tunnel, getting in the track, you see the grandstands, you walk up to a big semi-truck with your name on it, and you have like this team, and you're the driver. Like you're the quarterback. You know, it's like, man, I never – that feeling never really wore off for me. What did wear down on me was leaving every week, leaving my wife, leaving my kids. And as a race car driver, like it's unless you win, you lost. Like, so I lost every race of my NASCAR career because <laughs> I never won. So it's like, you carry that with you all week. Like, how do I get better? How? So I could never shut it off. So although I was home during the week, I was still stressed out, worried, thinking. Like, I was never really present at home with my wife and kids. I was right. always thinking about racing, and I'm trying to do a better job at that now. I am, too. I, I am, too. That's part yeah. of my deal this year is yeah. trying to be present when I'm there, not on the phone, and thinking about what I'm doing next, what listing's going in, what client needs this, and, and being able to actually put the phone down and, and be present. That's a very big challenge for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to the racetrack, what was the best experience you had in your racing career? I would say winning the pole at Talladega was probably the coolest part. Cause like now, which series was you, that? Which the, series was? I that? got the pole at like Iowa Speedway. You'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." I didn't know Iowa had Talladega. Speedway. Like I, Talladega, everybody knows the name Talladega. Yeah, so I, mean, I, got the pole I know there. that thing on PlayStation. I go real fast. You know, I don't yeah, imagine doing it in a car though. I'd be, you know, yeah. Now, and, that, and, and that was cool to me for a couple of reasons. For one, I basically started the race team I was driving for. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Colleague was the team owner. Um, a guy, Chris Rice, and myself you know, found the people, found the car. Like we started this race and Talladega is mainly about the car. So when you get the pull there, I shouldn't get a lot of the credit, even though I do the team. It's all about the car. You just hold it wide open and hug the line. It's really simple as a driver. <laughs> You're just going 200 though. I mean, like seeing our team beat like at that time, college racing was a you know, second, or second year team, really small compared to everybody else. And like, we beat everybody else. So that was really cool for me to experience. Yeah. And so is Talladega your favorite racetrack or even Daytona? No, what's least favorite, favorite racetrack. Okay. What's yeah. your favorite? Favorite would have to be, I love the short tracks and road courses. So I like Richmond, Bristol. I like road America. Uh, the road, Mar the road courses how, are a lot of fun. For how me. about Martinsville? I've never raced Martinsville. Okay, that, that one seems the most tiring. Richmond's cool, though. It's a bucket list, though. Yeah, I'm not done. Yeah, you, yeah you, I'm you, not done. I'm going to get yeah. back in the car here one day and, and go to Martinsville. you raced at Charlotte, too, right? I've saw that. At, you I, know. Yeah, I actually I ran the Coke 600 Cup race at Charlotte before. I saw that. I mean, that's a long yeah. that's a long time right there. Did you yeah. finish that race? I did. Yeah, I didn't finish long, all the laps. Yeah, I mean, but that's a long day, <laughs> man. That's a long day. I actually went yeah. to the 600. And uh, yeah. when I was in school, you know, and when okay. my, cause I went in Charlotte and our apartment actually was right there spitting distance. I mean, we could see the stands from our, our deal. So anyway, we went, me and Mo in Hobus actually went to the thing and it was my first, well, one of my, my mom's actually, uh, 
short, small, you know, small world. But actually, I got a great, great story. You'll make a kick out of this. So my mom has no idea really athletes. I mean, Michael Jordan may walk in and she'd be like, "He's tall. I think I know who that guy is." So one day, this was years back. So I, I sell with my mom, uh, work with my mom, and this was when I was still in school. So like in high school, and Rick Hendrick comes into her office and needs to buy something for her, his daughter, and ends up buying a townhome. Ricky was there with her and she had no clue really at all who he was. And it was even funnier because he's like, you know, what are you doing this weekend? And I think there was a race down. It was actually, I think it was Talladega. And they're like, would you like to go to the race? She's like, I'd love to, but I'm cleaning my closet out this weekend. Like, you know, <laughs> so then she goes home to my dad and tells him who her client is. And she, and he was like, do what? So anyway, she, you know, she had that relationship with him. But so we went up to Martinsville with, um, when, you know, we sat with, uh, Gordon's section and then in Gordon's section, the 600. But I remember that race. I was like, this is pretty cool, man. You guys will bring a cooler beer in with you. And, actually put the earplugs in the only thing with 600 is so long like i like all the action i like yeah. the pits and everything um in regards to driving though who was your most favorite driver to compete against or is there a couple none i didn't like you don't I like anybody like, you just like not uh, that i was racing against yeah, but well, like that, well who's, who do you competitively would be like that's you would you know maybe the most you respect have, for like, you have but once you're on the track, like you want to beat everybody, right? So like you don't enjoy racing anybody. Yeah. There's not like oh I'm ca- I, I can't similar, yeah. race this well, guy. Similar. Yeah, I coach college basketball, yeah. and it was but I do way. have great friends in the race. Like what's your Justin Allgaier? I, I raced with Justin Allgaier eight out of my ten year careers, uh, uh, all the years, and he's through that. You know, we've still been great friends. So, you know talking off the track, racing on the track. Only two years of my career was I in a good enough car to compete against him because mm-hmm. he was always in top equipment. And a lot of my career was very small teams, uh, low-budget teams. But I would say in the Xfinity Series, Justin Allgaier was like my best buddy. Well, it's great. And it's, it's funny because the next question I had for you, and I think this is very true because I was like, what separates the good versus the great in drivers? Because I bet you, I mean, you guys are probably all pretty much very good in race car drivers. I know there's you guys separate themselves just like any professional athlete but would you say that it's just mainly you know the equipment and the money that you have behind you would separate the drivers versus you know yeah it's a mixture right you the best driver in the world can't take a a, a underfunded small car and win with it mm-hmm. right now he might be able to run better than i would in it where let's just say jimmy johnson if me and Jimmy Johnson get in a in a car that normally finishes twenty fifth, I would like to say I could finish twenty fifth in it, twenty fourth in it, and he might be able to squeeze out an eighteenth. Got it. You know, so not much. He, it's a lot of its equipment. You certainly can't win with it, but you take two drivers and put them in winning race cars. That elite driver is going to win. Yeah. So a driver has a ton to do with with the race and the result a ton. And there's a big difference between great drivers and good drivers. Uh, Just like any other sport, you have a lot of the players on the team that are really, really good. They're pro they're, they've earned it, but then you have those, uh, those few elite guys. Mm -hmm. And that's the same in racing. That elite guy can just take a situation and win with it and figure out how to win. And I think that comes down to just, you know, they can see better. They have better peripheral vision. They have reaction time. They have just gut instinct. There's a lot that those guys have that uh, that some people can learn 
a little bit to get closer to that, but it's it's tough to get there. And they got the money behind them too, because I was going to ask. Yeah, you, that's the biggest so, part. So what what what's the uh, sponsorship run to you know have the logo on the hood? Well, you got to ask Jeff. Jeff's going to sponsor me in one of these. Re- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put NC filtration on my like, car. I was saying in the Super Turb logo. <laughs> like, what what is it going to take? Maybe you know, because I think that would be pretty cool. But I, you know, what am I looking? What kind of is it? Yeah. And is there so, a, is there a layaway program for that? There's kind of a like you're not supposed to give the rate card out, but I'm going to give it out because I don't. I'm not even in it anymore, and I don't really care. But like, if I wanted to go try to win an Xfinity race at Bristol, I need to find. $160,000 for one race. Holy sponsorships. That's not cup either. That's Saturday. So yeah. so so that's one race. One race. So one event. So if you're running 20 races, that's Yeah, you run 33 times. in a season. Yeah, so 33 times 160. So I got to yeah. sell some houses what you're saying. You got to sell some houses <laughs> and I need to sell some, I need to sell some air filters. All right. <laughs> So when you were driving, what is you know what would you say the biggest challenge you faced? I mean, I think you kind of mentioned it, kind of being at home and trying to separate that. But it, what what was the other, the biggest challenge you know that you could think of? Yeah, the biggest challenge for me, um, like if I'm looking back at my career, you know, there there's a lot of things I had to do to get to my last two years. My last two years were great. I was in a really good car. We made the playoffs. We almost made the final four. They were really good years. Um, I needed. I needed a coach and I'm not just saying that because I coach drivers now and trying to say like everybody needs a coach, but literally when you're a driver, there's, there's not that many people that are feeding you the truth of where you need to be better, what you need to work harder. You need to do this and keeping you accountable to your craft and your job. Cause you, you mainly just have your friends and your family, your guys just telling you how good you're doing. Like, Oh, you did awesome, man. Oh, oh you could get, you know, one more year, you guys will do really good. Like mm-hmm. everybody's feeding you this stuff to make you feel good. And you really don't have many people around feeding you truth. <clears throat> and I needed that. I needed somebody telling me, hey, you need to get better at restarts. You need to pass people better. You need it. And helping me figure that out. I really think that could have been the difference maker. I, I, that's, between me now selling air filters and still yeah. racing on TV. <laughs> well, no, it's so true, though, because uh, I think I'm, I'm, I think for anybody to be great, they need that accountability, no matter what field they're in. I mean, I have technically, I have three real estate coaches, mm-hmm. and I but I came from the coaching background, where you know I needed someone, especially in my profession where you wake up every day unemployed. You know, you have to have what things you're doing, but then exactly right. I mean, there's people that are always they're obviously there to pick you up, but they're also there to put a foot in your tail to keep you keep keep you going or what you can work on. And I think that's also applies to. You know, whether, you know, you're trying to get in better shape or, you know, eating, you know, everything. So I think that's cool. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that you're coaching. That's 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 awesome. So when you got out of racing, I saw you, you know, also did some commentating with like Fox Sports. And did you yeah. have a podcast or did you have a show? I, I actually was looking at some of the things you did. It looked it looked pretty cool. How long did you do that? Yeah, I did that for two years. So fresh out of being an Xfinity driver, um, I talked I met with Fox and we came up with the idea to have a segment on their weekly show called Race Hub mm-hmm. of, of just just a four to six minute segment talking about the Xfinity series. Um, so it was called Blake's Takes, you know, which I go on there and talk about the race and who did what and just kind of recap the race, talk about the um, upcoming race, talk about a playoff bracket and just share my knowledge of the Xfinity series with fans that are watching at home. And I had a great time doing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, eventually, you know, my pat, 
I'm, I follow my passion, man. And if I'm not fully passionate about something, it's hard for me to feel like I'm doing the best I can. Right. And I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't want to be, I don't want to grow up to be this TV guy. Um, I just don't. So it was fun, but it sizzled away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot. Uh, my passion now is just building a business, right? That's my passion. So yeah, it was fun. Met a lot of great people, especially the other commentators on there, Adam Alexander and seeing what those guys do. Like most people at home have no idea that these guys are reading a teleprompter, watching the event and listening to a producer in their ear telling them like how much longer they need to talk. Like it is crazy how they can multitask. It's nuts. That's that's yeah. No, there's no doubt. So, I mean, that's cool that you got that. And then I know in the beginning of the podcast, we started chatting about filter time and, you know, what made you lead to, to start that. And so when you were starting your business, you know, uh, what were the biggest challenges that you were facing in doing so? Uh, the lack of knowledge um, was really my only challenge. I would say my biggest success was doing it, right? A lot of people think of a lot of great ideas, but very few actually go for it and, and actually do it. Um, so I had that down. So pulled the trigger. The next thing was like, like when you're trying to figure out how much shipping is going to cost you, like I don't know anybody to talk to you at the post office or like UPS or FedEx. Like how do you figure it out? How do you build a business model? I don't know how much air filters cost. I don't know how many filters people use in their houses. Like, I didn't know anything about the industry. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do these live chat bots on the like there's so much. No doubt. I didn't, know, I didn't even know you could buy Google paperclip. I didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> so you uh, had to find SEO people. It was a foreign term to me. Search engine optimization. Like yeah. I didn't know anything about this stuff. I knew how to promote brands on my social media platform and drive race cars. So, so you had you had to find people to help put around you. Yeah, just googling it and listening and i have i've met a lot of great people throughout my career and life that i could call and ask for advice um one of my business mentors is matt colleague and he helped me a lot with just answering questions on starting my business um and he he was the team owner i drove for and is a very successful entrepreneur and then you know once i have the business started and then you start actually getting into like the fulfillment process you know, for me, luckily, if I didn't meet our mutual friend, Jeff, I don't think I could have done this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have done it. You know, there's, we have 160 different size filters, three different rating. Like, what am I going to store so, 300 different sizes in my garage? Like, what is, it is crazy. What does Curse do? How do you guys work together? So he just knows everything about the the manufacturing process he's him and his dad have been doing this for so long where it's like you can mention anything about an air filter he's like oh yeah we can do that i can do that and then like the fulfillment process order comes in well this is how we should do it and this is how much inventory so like managing the whole production side is what jeff handles and he literally handled like nc filtration and filter time like i'm right now i'm at nc filtration like Filter time is inside NC filtration. I so I sell filters. Like I'm good at that. I know how to do that. Get the sales, promote the brand, build the brand. And he builds the operations, the side behind the scenes, making sure that filter gets out the door. Very cool. So how would you think your, um, you know, racing sports background, you know, helped you with starting your business? Uh, I would say just 
I would say um, the fact of hard work equals success, right? Like your goal. I, I really think like leading into a race weekend, you have a goal. Well, to meet that goal, there's a lot of little things you have to do throughout the week to meet that goal. And I, I kind of keep that the same in business where it's like, okay, I have an annual goal. Well, then there's 12 games in a year, right? There's 12 months. And I learned all of this from Matt Colley, mm-hmm. uh, owner of Lee Filter Metal Racing. He's like, you have 12 games in a year. So like every month, like you said, you wake up um, jobless every day, oh, right? Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. February 1st is a brand new game. Like last month didn't matter. Last game didn't matter. It's a whole new game to win. And my game is to beat last week's numbers. So I just want to beat last month. I want to beat last month. And in order to do that, I have to have weekly goals because if I have a bad week, it's not going to be a good month. And in order to have good weekly numbers, I have to good, have good daily numbers. So I break it down into a day. I need to do, I need to have this many influencer posts. I need this many referrals. I need Facebook ads, Google ads, like all this stuff to equal one day. And then those days compound over a month. And next thing you know, we're, you know, doubling in size every year. And that's kind of my goal is to double every year. Going. We've been able to do that. How yeah. many people do you have working for you right now? Well, Filter Time itself has two employees, okay. uh, myself and Crystal. And Crystal does all the customer service, and she also um, helps with um, the team here at the Fulfillment Center doing all the operations, helps with inventory, and just oversees a lot of that stuff. She's just an a incredible rock star person that is very, very hard to find. She basically run, runs the show. Um, and then um, Jeff and I have six people here in the shipping department where, you know, they're in charge of pulling the labels and building the boxes and picking the orders and, and wrapping them and taping them. And, and I try to be involved there to keep it fun and keep them motivated and, and make sure they care, which luckily they do care. These girls care about this box that's going out the door. And hopefully that's because I've, I've helped them care. They want to care. They yep. want to make me happy. They want the brand to look good. So I feel like that's probably my biggest role here at the fulfillment center is just making everybody want to do great. Um, and, and they, and they just crush it. So I think we have seven um, people here doing the pick pack and fulfilling. And then I have a mark, you know, a pretty big marketing team too. Um, but those are just, subcontractors not full-time employees and then to make we didn't talk about making the filter now making the filter is all with jeff and nc filtration and that is a crazy production hundreds of people um yeah. i don't even know how it's done but the filter comes out looking amazing so that's Just that's all it's, now it's there it's ready to go out yeah. and I, and then and I people don't even understand i don't even think people understand they probably look at a filter like oh it's just a filter but yeah. there's so many steps and, yep and people Com- in processes to go through for that one little filter. It's crazy. Um, and I see where, like I said, top of the podcast as well. And then just looking, you know, at filter time, you know, it seems like, uh, is Dale Jr. a partner with you or did he help start the company with you or what's his affiliation? So he, he's my partner. He's an, he's co-founder, co-owner of filter time with myself in, I like, I like timeframes. So like started the company February 1st, right? Trademark the name. April 1st, I text Dale. I got his number from somebody. Didn't even know him that well. I met him twice. And I was like, hey, man, I want to talk to you about this new business idea I have. And uh, he's like, great, let's meet. And we met uh, first week of June after I launched my first website. And I and I just had the idea of him 
maybe give him a licensing fee. Like, hey, I just I just want a picture of Dale Earnhardt Jr. holding a box of air filters on the website. Yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted, right? That doesn't everybody want that? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Dale Jr. holding something. Yeah. And I told him that in the meeting, and he's like, "Man, I'm not. I'm really not interested in that. You know, I'm not interested in you know a quick turnaround and licensing deal and making money off of off of your business, but." I would love to to own it with you and be your partner on this journey. And um, I believe you're going to win and I want to be a part of that. That's what he said. And I was like, wow, well, that's freaking awesome. So we worked out a deal where he owns, you know, half the company with me. So, that's you know, we're partners and building this thing. And, and he has a lot, you know, he, Dale came here to, to filter times fulfillment center, gave the, the warehouse team a Christmas present and took pictures like, he loves filter time on his podcast yesterday. He was wearing, he was more decked out than I am in filter time. I need here. a filter time shirt. I'll rock it with you. And yeah, I'll, man. Um, thank you. So, yeah. so with junior though. Um, yeah. You know, I, I was going to ask you your, uh, your best Dale junior story that you could share. Like I said, PG 13, but when I was back in school, you know, like I said, I was a, co- a basketball coach and um, I was a manager at UNC Charlotte with coach Bobby Lutz and another fraternity brother and manager, George Walker, um, he he got he's actually coaching high school now, but he and I coached an AU team together uh, for one year, and Junior actually sponsored our team. So nice. Was, he cut us an, a, a check, and we got uniforms, and we had Junior Motorsports on the back, and that was really cool, uh, co- a cool experience. And yeah, you know, I haven't obviously talked to him in several years, um, but I, I would say something about him. He seems like he's always trying to help, or you know, he, he seems like he's a, yeah. that type of person. So I could see him doing that with you. That's a, that's a fantastic story. So where do you see filter time in five years, man? You said you, you're looking to double and I mean, what was your, what would your vision be? Um, it's hard. I, don't, I, I only look a year ahead. I don't have no idea what five years is going to look like five years ago. I, I hadn't wouldn't even thought I'd ever be selling air filters. So man, I would just hope that it's just bigger. It's still small business, you know, couple employees maybe you know probably gonna be sending a lot more filters maybe we have to have a bigger warehouse but still like this family team feeling environment like walking in seeing everybody and like just bigger but i don't see it maybe add another product i really want to add uh refrigerator filters uh maybe next we launched an rv filter i need the water filters in the refrigerator that'd be something else that i think everyone needs to be sent because yeah light comes on and it just sits like that until i know i want to do that law sends me one because she doesn't want to drink the bad water so (laughs) i i uh jeff's probably cringing right now if he's watching this because i come every week i'm like hey jeff we should do this next he's like oh come on blake i'm like i always want to do new stuff and and Jeff and I make a great team too because he'll balance me. I'll be like, dude, we haven't even, like, we have this new project and we haven't even launched it yet. I'm already on to another project. He's like, dude, we haven't even launched the first project yet. I'm like, okay, you're right. Um, <laughs> well, we're probably I'm, just more projects. I, I'm like, the same way. I'm like, let's, yeah, I have Jordan. It's hard, man. Jordan sitting right next to me and she's, I was like, Turb, let's finish this before we start that because our brains <laughs> are always moving. Um, that's yeah. cool. so, I do want to touch on I want to touch on the, the new product we launched because yeah. I forgot to even it, but we have an RV filter. So this air filter goes in all the RVs and we actually got in all the camping world stores over the summer. So Filter Time has a an RV air filter that's in every camping world store in the country. So I thought that was pretty cool because I had no idea how to get a product to retail. Like I had to figure out how to make a UPC barcode. Like how do you do that? You know, how do you do that? So all these little things 
then I got to learn. And now I, I can say I've taken a product to retail. Like that's pretty cool. So I got a couple more questions before we get to rapid questions. Okay. Um, I'm not you, good at rapid questions. Uh, that's, well, you don't know what's coming either. So it's going to be fun. So <laughs> going back and someone's watching this and saying, what's one thing you would share with someone that's maybe starting their own business, entrepreneur, that you would want to share? Like only if I knew back then that I do now, what would you do differently, you know, to, to start your business that you've learned from? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't think I would have done anything differently. I'm super happy with the way it's gone and the process. I was very disciplined to a budget. So when I started my business, I took a certain amount of money. I opened a bank account with it. And that new, and I'll tell you, I started with 15,000 bucks. I don't mind saying it. So I put $15,000 in a bank account of filter time. And I was like, this is enough money I have. Like, this is what I have to start the business. So with that, I had to buy a domain name, build a website, order boxes, find filter, like all this stuff. And I just stayed super disciplined to that. Where when we launched, we I think we had a couple thousand dollars in revenue and I took a small percentage and started marketing with it and just reinvesting the profits strategically to the point where we are now. Well, it's cool you we, said that you shared that because someone may be thinking of starting their own business, you they're thinking, well, I need an exorbitant amount of money. I'm not saying that 15 yeah. grand is not a lot of money, but some people may think I need six figures or I need this yeah. or that. And I think the biggest thing is just taking the step, you know, taking, yeah. taking the, you know, is it, I always like to tell myself, fail forward. You know, you've got to put yourself out there to, you know, mm -hmm. to succeed. And you may not do it the first time. It's just a matter of, it's like my coach would tell me before, you know, I started to try to build my team. He's like, Turb, you're looking at a, you think it's a 12 foot pool. It's two feet deep. You got to take a step. You know, yeah. that's the biggest thing with anything. And so lastly, four rapid questions. What do you love about filter time? What do you love about what you do? I just love the challenge. I love uh, to see growth. Um, and for some reason, I'm just super passionate about filter time and its potential in the people that it employs. Like, you know, with Jeff's people for filter time, I'm a, I am I pay a, play a small role in, in his growth and play a small role in, and having employees out there that are getting paid and feeding families. So like just the growth and the ripple effect of what that does, I'm super passionate about. I'm passionate about making people feel good. Um, I'm just, I don't know why, but I'm just super passionate about filter time and what it, where it's going to go, what it's done, how it's gotten here. And I, I live it. for passion. I love it. I can yeah. see it. I can see it, uh, feel it. All right. Rapid questions. You ready? Yeah. All right. Favorite food. Favorite food, pizza. Favorite band. Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, Tim McGraw. I'm seeing mine tomorrow. They're in Raleigh. Uh, Magic Who's Dragons. Magic Dragons. Okay, yeah, that'll be our fourth time. My wife and I. It's kind of our thing. We nice. went saw. We went and saw them in Charlotte back in like 2016ish. I don't. I can't remember. Over there at the Spectrum Center, and I, you know, I took her for a birthday. I knew like one song, but they're phenomenal at live. So then the mm -hmm. next year, I was like, we're, next time they come back, we're gonna we're doing it right. So we didn't meet the band, all that. Nice. And then we they were up at uh, Walnut Creek, which is old school blockbuster revealing style in Raleigh. And then of course they're now back in PNC, so we're excited. Uh, favorite sports team? Panthers. All right, you and I we're good. I met you at a Panthers game. We did. Yes, Jeff told me. Uh, I met you at a Panthers game last year. Before or after? Do you remember what game it was? No. 
before the game. Well, it's like, you know, a lot of it's distraught. It is, you know, I'm in my before mindset the, then, too. I got a lot I was going with on. Eli. It was Jeff, Jeff's brother, me, yeah. and Eli. Yep, we go yeah. to all the games, and yeah, last year yeah. was tough, man. I'm I'm not very – it's probably the least excited. I know I'll probably get excited when the draft gets closer, but, I, you know, it's just uh, – it's, it's yeah. been a tough year. Uh, but, um, okay, what do you like doing when you're not running filter time? I like playing Xbox. All right. Favorite movie? Yeah. Favorite movie is Invincible with Mark Wahlberg, football movie. All right, man. That's good. Yeah. That's always it. tough for me because I know, like, I have several. It depends on genres or whatever. But I always, I always rank or can do favorite movies as one when you start watching it. You know, it doesn't matter where you pick up on it. You just finish it. You know, like, so. Yeah. It depends. And you can watch it 15 times. on that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Favorite place you visited? I really like the Bahamas. Cool. Big Bahamas fan. Where do you want to travel that you haven't visited yet? Nowhere. I don't really love to travel at all. Okay. I'd rather what's stay a, home. What's a dream destination? Like a dr- dream place? I have to say Hawaii. Like, right. who? I mean, Hawaii. Hawaii? I've all never right. been there, yeah. and it'd be cool to say you've been to Hawaii. Fantastic. Yeah, and you could have dinner with two people dead or alive. Who would it be? Two people dead or alive. Oh man, that's that's really tough. I've never been asked that question. I know. You never know what's going to happen when you come on the Super Turf podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would like I would like to have dinner with my grandfather who passed away when I was like two. My dad's dad. Um, that'd be cool All right. to just hear just hear stories on the family. And then, um. Another one I'd have to think of probably some major entrepreneur that I can learn from at a dinner. Okay, that's good enough. Family, business. Who is your favorite charity? Favorite right now, man, it used to be uh, when I was involved with it was Compassion International where you sponsor kids. Um, I do the same thing right now. Company. Yeah, love Compassion International. I, mm-hmm. We still have three kids through them. And then I really have grown to love um, the Dale Jr. Foundation, where it mm-hmm. supports uh, local kids in need, whether it's buying backpacks or food or well, uh, anything to do with kids. Where we started this year is anybody that comes on, every home we close and every guest on my podcast, we are going to donate $50 to your favorite chair oh nice so i'm gonna send 50 dollars to the dale jr foundation in your name for oh perfect podcast Um, awesome it's great yeah yeah this year was we 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 wrote a car letter out to all of our you know friends clients fears that we're close to and it was just titled the year given so that's what we want to do here and um and then lastly i've asked every one of my clients this i'm a client guest uh on on the podcast um and I always joke because eventually, when the Super Turb podcast retires, I don't know when that will be. I'll make a, I could make a book uh, of the answers. But uh, what's the best advice you've ever received, and by who? The best advice I've ever received, and by who, was probably from my mom. And so when I was, when I was like fifteen or sixteen, um you know, wanting things in life was like to drive race cars or, or, uh, start a business or if you want to be in a band, like whatever. I think for me it was, 
cars, right? And I used to rely on my dad a lot. We're like, hey, dad, I need your help. Um, and he'd be super busy and he'd help me. But like she told me that don't ever wait on anybody. Go do it yourself. And that was really big for me because it's really easy to let people tell you that they're going to help you and think they're going to help you and you expect that they're going to help you and you wait on that. When in reality, my mom always pushed me to, if I want something, like go get it now. You can do it. Go make it happen. Get it done. So my mom gave me that advice. Just don't wait on anybody. Wait Just it, go, go do get it. it. I like it. Yeah. I love all yeah. the answers that I get on that question. That's it's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, so, you know, first of all, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. Let everyone know, of course, when I share everything, I'll tag you again. But, you know, if you want to give a, you know, obviously how to find you, how to find filter time, you know, please say right now, like how people can reach out to you if they have any interest on, you know, getting on, your, you know, a, a subscription for the filters. Yeah, for sure. Filtertime.com uh, is where you go to get signed up for filter time. If you want to connect with me, like I'm probably most active on Twitter and Instagram. So my personal Twitter account is at Blake Cook Racing. In my Instagram account, must be the same. I'm not too sure. At <laughs> Blake Cook Racing, I think. Yeah, all right, cool. Man. Or you can look at like Filter Time on Instagram or Filter Time on 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 Twitter, and and I check those too. I I fully run the Filter Time Twitter account too. So if you ever tweet at that, it's me answering. Well, I just followed you on Twitter because I'm gonna make sure. I went Sweet. On YouTube, I'll tag you uh, and post the link for the YouTube so people can come on and watch. And then so it takes about a week for the. Uh, podcast to come up on apple and spotify uh okay. like my boy george uh that helps me with my website and the podcast you know he he uh uploads it for me so we're doing two podcasts now a month uh that's our Sweet. schedule we started out pretty fast i was doing like one a week now we're yeah. busy and actually you know selling houses at the same time but i love doing this it's a lot of fun so i can't thank you enough brother for coming on um it was a pleasure mm-hmm. meeting you um and uh be able to tell your story and what motivates you i think that's awesome and I just wish you the best success uh, in the future. So um, anybody that's looking for filters, go to Filter Time. See my boy Blake. And uh, again, guys, if you're at all thinking about uh, or if you like the podcast, please like, subscribe, share it. If you're listening and you're a you know local business owner, entrepreneur, athlete, coach, you name it, reach out to me. I'd love to have you on the podcast to tell your story. And as well as if you're thinking about buying or selling in the triangle, you know, we'd be honored to help you accomplish your real estate goals. And as always, again, it's Michael Turbot, your local real estate expert with the Attic Turbot Group, Cole Baker, HPW, a.k.a. Super Turb. And as always, guys, remember who you work with matters and we'll see you next time.